Welcome to the Anxiety Doctor Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lisa. And today I have the honor of bringing you someone that I look up to, Dr. Uma Naidu, a board certified Harvard nutritional psychiatrist, professional chef, nutritional biologist, and best selling author of This Is Your Brain on Food. And she's back with her new book, Calm Your Mind with Food. This revolutionary full-body approach to relieving anxiety comes with anti-anxiety recipes and meal plans. It comes with incredible information to help you eliminate that dreadful anxiety. Dr. Uma is a true trailblazer in the world of nutritional psychiatry. She has been featured in ABC News, the Wall Street Journal, and has found and directed the first hospital-based clinical service in nutritional psychiatry in the U.S. You don't want to miss this interview. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Anxiety Doctor Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lisa, and I'm super excited to always bring you amazing tools and tips to help you eliminate that dreadful anxiety. Join me every Wednesday as I bring you a new episode every week. Hi, this is Dr. Lisa, and I'm thrilled to invite you to our life-changing group coaching program, Moving Through Anxiety. Throughout my 23 years of experience in the mental health field and my own personal journey through anxiety, I have helped thousands of people eliminate anxiety, and I have discovered that the true healing is not in a pill form or a quick fix, but within you. So imagine waking up feeling like yourself again, feeling peace and calm in your life, but more than anything, feeling supported by me. Together in a supportive and nurturing group setting, we will implement powerful techniques to eliminate that dreadful anxiety that we all want gone. This is not just another group coaching program where you just get videos. You will actually be getting me live as we meet twice a week for 12 weeks in our virtual group sessions and offer you ongoing support throughout your healing process. Let's eliminate that dreadful anxiety together. I'm here to help. Spaces are limited. So visit my website or click the link in the show notes to reserve your spot today. I can't wait to meet you. Welcome to the Anxiety Doctor Podcast. Today, I have Dr. Uma Naidu, who is a board-certified Harvard nutritional psychiatrist, professional chef, nutritional biologist, and best-selling author of This Is Your Brain on Food, which I have and I love. And now she's back with something that I think I dreamed about, uh, which is Calm Your Mind with Food. I really wanted this book to come out, and I'm so excited for this. I think everyone with anxiety needs to read it. Um, so let's get started with why you decided to create a book specifically for anxiety. You know, um, I just felt that, especially during the pandemic, there were just such a higher number of individuals being diagnosed with anxiety. And even people who were not necessarily seeing a doctor uh, were experiencing so much angst, so much stress, so much anxiety. And I felt that that was what I was really seeing in my practice. We know that anxiety disorders are, uh, is the most uh, most commonly diagnosed mental illness in the entire world. Research has shown that. And after COVID-19, anxiety disorders grew 
from about 298 million people affected to 374 million people, which is about a 25% increase. So uh, the fact that the American Psychiatric Association reports that about three quarters of adults report symptoms of stress made this book uh, extremely relevant, especially after we came through the pandemic. Yeah. And I think the pandemic brought mental health to the forefront and definitely anxiety. I think that if anything that good came out of, of the pandemic was was that it's uh, it brought it to the forefront. And I think there's right. a lot of people that are spreading awareness, which I think is great. But right. I think that me and you are on the same page as far as preventative mental wellness, uh, yes. learning how food can affect our mental health is really important. And I always say, you know, you don't have to wait or we shouldn't have to wait until stress and anxiety is causing problems in our lives. We shouldn't have to wait till then. Correct. And, And that is exactly the premise of this, that if we are thinking about our lifestyle all of the time, because nutrition is the biggest pillar in the lifestyle factors that we, we think about, um, we eat every day, it's something we, we all do why not target something that's a low-hanging fruit, so to speak, that we can start to tweak for our better mental well-being because it's the most ignored thing. Correct. Uh, people tend to everything else besides what's on their Yeah. Plate. Uh, you know, I tell people, uh, as children, we learn how to take care of our physical health. Every child in the United States is required to take a physical education course, mm-hmm. whether you're in private school or, pri- or public school. So true. But the mind is neglected. It's it's not included in that. To me, that is still very uh, astonishing, and 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 I think that we need to do better. Um, and and like I said, I think we're both on the same page as far as that, and which is why I admire you so much for all the work that you Thank do. You. Um, you. you know, as as I as I see patients myself, uh, and they get you know referred to a psychiatrist. Uh, a lot of my patients come back and tell me, you know, well, they just gave me a, a pill. I don't want to take a pill. Right. And I know that psychiatry, right. that's what they're, they're there for. But um, let's talk about how you're different and how you don't just want to prescribe that tiny little pill <laughs> that we all know about. The I think the biggest difference was that I, uh, I came from a background where food was an important part of that, but science was also a very important part of my background, how I grew up, as with spices and mindfulness and spending time with family. So I, my mom was in medical school during the daytime and I spent time with my grandparents. So I would literally watch my grandmother cook and help her prepare fresh vegetables from the garden and then eat with my grandparents. Um, and to entertain me, they would uh, you know, they'd teach me yoga and teach me how to meditate and things like that. So these things, came with me into the world. And when I decided that I wanted to study psychiatry, what I found was such a huge gap is no one, we were being taught, uh, they said, to prescribe these medications. And medications, by the way, have saved the lives of many of my patients. I'm not against medications, but I don't think they're the only option for everyone. And we were being taught about these very significant medications and the side effects, but no one was trying to address it from the reverse side. You know, what about how we can help people eat healthier, exercise more, tweak what they're doing to not gain the weight um, and to and to feel better? 
Yeah. And I love that. I think we have similar uh, backgrounds. My mom, I'm Latina, mm -hmm. and my mom mm -hmm. wanted a cure. I joke about this, but I think that it was a blessing uh, for me to grow up with my mother wanting to treat everything with a cup of tea and right, everything, right. you know, everything that right. we came to her for a stomach ache cramps when we were PMSing, a headache, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. anything, stress. She always brewed a cup of tea for us and I hated right, it. Right. And now I think <laughs> it's, it's, it's great. And one of the things that I have um, always done in my practice, I've been practicing uh, in private practice for 14 years is um, turmeric and pepper. And that's yes. something I learned from my grandmother. And when you yes. wrote it in your first book, I said, mm -hmm. see, I'm not crazy. And my mother's not crazy. Okay. It, it is such a, okay. a great superfood together. Right. Talk about that a little bit more. Sure. So, you know, turmeric is, um, I, I, I think it really is a special spice. It has a bright yellow hue. But turmeric has an active ingredient called curcumin. And research has shown that curcumin is actually activated and made more bioavailable in the brain and body by about 2,000% simply by the addition of black pepper, which contains purpurine. So yeah. purpurine activates the black pepper. And it's a very easy hack. In fact, I say to people, if you keep turmeric in your kitchen, you know, uh, grind in a few uh, uh, rounds of black pepper into it and mix it in so you always have those two together. Unless you're allergic to black pepper, that's a different story. Um, but it's a tiny bit can be used, like a quarter to a half a teaspoon in a super smoothie or a tea on a daily basis. My grandmother taught me early on to make a golden chai. So it had all the Indian spices, but also had the turmeric with the black pepper, um, which, which she used, either grated it from the root or just had the powder form. And it was just a very healing uh, drink that I had and I still have all the time because it's so associated with a positive memory. Little did I know the brain and body benefits at the time, but you know, I, I, I learned, <laughs> that's right, I learned as I went along how important yeah. that was. Yeah, I, I tell my patients, you know, here I am years later, uh, being my mother to you all and, and, <laughs> and pushing all these herbs and spices that are great for our body. Um, and without the bad side effects of most medication, you mentioned this, and I, I, I'm on the same page as far as medication. I think that some people do need it, and and it does yes. uh, help many people and, and save lives. Um, but we shouldn't have to start there, you know. I think right. that there's so many incredible um, natural foods and just eliminating foods. One thing that I do talk about to my patients is a gluten. Can you talk yes. about that and how yeah. that can interfere our mental health? So, you know, some of the research around gluten showed that, um, firstly, let me take a step back. It's also the type of wheat, the type of gluten in the United States, which is quite different and um, has really been a product of industrialization of the farming and agricultural industry. So it is a different product than gluten elsewhere in the world. I, I will start off by saying that. The second thing is that, the form in which we tend to consume it in the United States is through the standard American diet, which is called SAD for a reason. So it's processed sliced bread, that type of loaf of bread that lasts for a very long time. If you forget it and leave it on the counter, because it's really pumped up with a lot of preservatives and stabilizers to make it last. That being said, there is evidence that gluten can potentially drive anxiety. 
but I always take this on a case-by-case -case basis. I prefer not to be the doctor who says to people, just take out that entire food group. I don't want you to ever look at X or Y or Z. Because I do think that um, that type of restriction actually works in the opposite direction uh, psychologically for people. And that if you restrict something, they want more of it. So for me, it's really, do I do a slow elimination of something and monitor the symptoms? Um, there's also, in, there are also individuals that have, you know, the celiac disease, but there's also non-celiac gluten sensitivity where people are sensitive to gluten. And there are instances when we have to be careful about it there. What I'd like people to do is include whole grains, but certain whole grains that are just better for them than the ones that we traditionally turn to that are just not as healthy. Yeah. And one thing I tell everyone on my podcast, almost every single episode, find what works for you. Everyone is different. Right. Exactly. You know, what might affect me might not affect others. And, and I think self-awareness is very important. I think, yes, you know, just um, finding what works for you. And even if you do find foods that uh, might trigger your anxiety, I tell people, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of pastries. I love donuts. And I know that that causes a lot of inflammation, but I don't restrict it completely once in a while if I want to eat. And I know that I'm not so stressed out. And I know that if it does affect me, I'm going to be okay. And I think that's what's key is self-awareness. Um, let's self -awareness, talk a little bit. Yeah. And, and, and being able to be flexible because... I, I'm, I'm not the doctor who wants people to not have birthday cake if it's their birthday, <laughs> if they'd like to have a cake, piece of cake, I'd rather they have it than avoid it, avoid it, avoid it, and then eat the whole yeah. cake, which has happened. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, and so let's also talk about inflammation. Inflammation is something that I have been monitoring myself. I have rheumatoid arthritis. Mm -hmm. I've been diagnosed since I was 21. So that is something that I think either triggered my anxiety when I was mm. um, in college or vice versa. You know, yeah. I think uh, inflammation um, is the root of a lot of illnesses. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about how that affects our mental health, especially anxiety? Right. So inflammation, uh, thank you for that great question. Inflammation more and more, uh, as research has, has, has continued, is showing up as an underlying driver for things like anxiety, depression, even cognitive disorders, um, even sometimes things like brain fog. And this is largely related to the science of the microbiome because we now know more about the microbiome, the gut-brain connection. And now that we have unfolded it a bit more and we still doing ongoing research, we understand that this inflammation in the gut, one of the things it gets set up by is the food that we eat, in addition to how we feel emotionally and the other stress that's impacting us. Um, the, the food that we can eat, like the Spanish American diet, just drives inflammation. So it's constantly causing inflammation. And when the gut microbes, the trillions of gut microbes there are really there for vitamin production, hormone production, sleep and circadian rhythm, immunity, mental well-being, fighting infections, so many things. But when you feed them, you know, lots of sugar and processed foods and ultra-processed foods, the bad bacteria are the ones that thrive. And when they thrive, they create, a, uh, they create an environment of dysbiosis where they overcome the good bacteria. And in the spirit, in, in, when dysbiosis is 
is in the gut. You also have inflammation being set up and the breakdown products of food that we eat are more toxic. And those toxic products start to pierce and damage the single cell lining of the gut. So this is how conditions like leaky gut or interstitial permeability start, but the root of it is the inflammation. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's, it's you know, uh, really important for us to, to talk about uh, inflammation and how it affects our mental health. Um, hormones is something that, you know, when I started practicing, I had one patient who was 14 years old, and I have the, the permission to share his story. Um, he was not producing uh, growth hormone. And I, he had severe anxiety um, through therapy, he was a lot better, but still had to, you know, do everything that he uh, learned to help his his anxiety. And two years later, he wasn't, uh, his voice wasn't changing, he wasn't growing. And so I, I remember telling him, you know, he was concerned about his voice. He's like, everyone, all of my friends have this deeper voice and I don't. I told him to go see his doctor and to possibly get his hormones checked. Doctor mm-hmm. thought that I was crazy. And, you know, it, it's, it's something that I pushed for. And eventually he found out that he wasn't producing that growth hormone. He ended up wow. going um, having hormone therapy. And within days of his first treatment, the anxiety was completely gone. So it's it's just amazing how the body, the the hormones, minerals, uh, vitamins in our in our body do affect the the brain. It's it's just incredible his story. You know, one of the, thank you for sharing that, because one of the things I, I I dove much deeper in this book is to paying attention to micronutrients, macronutrients, proteins, carbohydrates, the different, the different groups of foods and how we can incorporate it. Because what I find is that our system of information is so divided. Um, it's much, yeah. much more of an eat this, not that mentality. And people get confused about what they can include in their diets and not. So I think that that becomes important. Yeah, it does. I know one thing that has helped me, and I I say this to everyone, right? Everyone is different. But, uh, and you talk about this in the book, which I love, is intermittent fasting. I don't eat my first meal until 4.30 p.m., uh, 4.30 or 5 p.m., and that has helped me tremendously with my uh, rheumatoid arthritis, but for sure also my my brain fog and everything that comes with anxiety. Mm-hmm. And if I might ask, so you, when you wake up, you don't feel hungry and I don't you feel, feel you feel ready to eat by that time of day. I am. I usually yeah. get hungry sometimes now at around two thirty or three mm-hmm. and sometimes I'll have uh, a pear. So I break my fast with a, mm-hmm. a pear or fruit and then mm-hmm. have my first meal around four thirty. Four thirty. Wow. Yeah. But I was never a, a breakfast uh, person, so I, I always, people are not. Yeah, I always felt that my mom uh, forced me to eat, and I hated it. And so once I left to college, it was like, oh, I don't have to eat breakfast. You know, and, so, and so it was exactly. a lot easier for me. Yeah, yeah, changes. yeah. So yeah. So, but but I know that that has helped me with my inflammation and with my rheumatoid arthritis, and and you know, it's something that that I think does uh, help a lot of people with other illnesses, intermittent fasting. And there are different fasting windows for different people. There's time restricted eating and that kind of stuff. So everyone sort of needs to work with their clinician to figure out the best format for them 
if if they're going to engage in intermittent fasting uh, or another thing is sort of intuitive eating which is really feeling your way through the choices that you're making which also helps some people yes definitely i think that 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 that's really important too uh so in your book you talk about the six pillars talk a little bit about yes. that happy to um are you are you referring to the six pillars of anxiety yes. or the six pillars in um in just nutritional psychiatry i just want to make sure a- anxiety I think. Okay. anxiety sorry so you know um i felt it was helpful for people to do a few things one is my favorite which is eat whole to be whole and here the principle is skip the store bought orange juice which has the fiber removed and added sugars uh in yeah. added into the juice but just eat the orange you know eat the orange skip the store bought orange juice so it's the principle of the more times that you can um move towards a um uh a whole foods diet the better the next pillar is uh just adding in the colors to your nutritional psychiatry plate because people ignore you know they they hear colors of the rainbow which is not my favorite expression because there's so much more to the colors and there's so much more to what the colors actually mean for the plant polyphenols the a- amazing nutrients that they bring to the gut microbes hugely important um another thing that i spent time on in in this book calm your mind with food is how to magnify your micronutrients how do you add these in how do you start paying attention many people actually are iron deficient or have low magnesium and we don't know it that doesn't mean we have to just go out and start taking these without consulting with our doctors but there are ways to actually eat these and uh, uh taking these nutrients and eat foods that contain these um there are a few others but but you know one of the other ones i want to mention is to really start uh, avoiding the foods that trigger anxiety and and what i find so often is that people don't realize the things that are going on that they're eating on a daily basis that are driving anxiety it could be something as simple as having a deli sandwich every day they may not they may think of that as a healthy lunch or healthy meal but it might actually have ingredients in it that worsening the anxiety so simple things like that become important for us to kind of uh, unfold yeah i think uh preservatives i think that mm-hmm. is something that you know i i i talk about organic foods to mm-hmm. my uh clients and i i explain to them that cows and chickens when they're not organic and they you know just feed them on the antibiotics and mm-hmm. steroids to grow them as big yeah. as they can. Yeah. Um, yeah. They don't magically just go away when we yes. eat them. You know, mm-hmm. what does that explain to us how that can affect our, our brain and, and our gut? Sure. So, you know, it turns out we are what we eat. So when we consume um, animal proteins or seafood proteins, we also therefore consuming what that animal or that fish or the seafood whatever it was uh chicken um cow whatever they consumed we are consuming in our body the issue with the um with regular farming um that is not organic or the, the animals are not pasture raised or it's not regenerative farming um or it's not you know um grass fed those types of things is that if the animals are fed grain for example beef beef uh, cows are largely fed grain and there's a process that happens 
before slaughter where they it's called graining off where they really force these animals to eat a lot more grain to bulk them up so that the meat yield uh, is much bigger larger pieces and things like that unfortunately when we eat those steaks we are then consuming what that animal consumed which is a lot of grain um and you know when when i was little i always remember that the pictures in books and 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 photographs and things that you know cows ate grass so i always try to remind people that you know cows are not supposed to be eating a ton of grain and other feed that they're given and that's just the principle of whether it's the chicken or the seafood or whatever it is that you're eating that you are then consuming it so if you can and if you have access you know try to get the better version you know i sort of do it in steps with people first i want to get them toward a whole food once they're in the whole foods uh, realm organic. of eating <laughs> then you go towards you know organic and and farm raised and that type of stuff as best yeah. you can but often it's stepwise yes baby steps is always key baby and steps. <laughs> I, i think it's you know i always say i always talk about baby steps because it's easier if you try to go cold turkey it's harder for us to stick to that yes. and It like you said, harder. we yeah, it's a lot harder. Uh, so diet can have a profound impact on our mental health. That we know, um, and I, of course, we this is not to diagnose anyone or to to force anyone to eat anything. But what are some um, supplements that you recommend for anxiety that can help? Sure. So one of them is ashwagandha, which has been used in um, which has been used in Ayurvedic medicine for a very long time, and it is um, sometimes called Indian ginseng. It's uh, it's really been around uh, from about six thousand BC, and uh, it actually has a good amount of studies saying and showing that it helps anxiety. So this is ashwagandha is actually very bitter. So I would rather someone takes it as a supplement, and that way, they could consume it to help, uh, to help with the, with anxiety. Uh, people who don't um, eat um, uh, or use or cook turmeric, uh, they can they can certainly take a turmeric with black pepper supplement. Um, another one that I like is passion flower, because this is a flower a species native to South America, uh, Australia, and Southeast Asia. And it has been used in, as an herbal remedy by def, many different cultures, um, and it actually helps anxiety. So it's a rich source of vitamins and minerals, and it, you know it can be made into a tea. It can be a supplement. It just depends on uh, on how you wish to uh, take it. So I usually. Um, you know ask people to make it as a tea but many of my patients just prefer to find the right supplement to to be taking that yeah yeah supplements do you recommend or vitamins actually do you recommend uh pill form or liquid you know it depends um so it depends on the delivery for example certain uh, uh vitamins they found a different delivery system to help the absorption For the most part, a pill is completely fine. Um, you know, we always need our B vitamins. We need a good vitamin D. Um, so these are things we want to pay attention to. Some people need more vitamin C. So whatever it is, usually a pill form is what works for a lot of people. Um, but I also, you know, try to encourage them to be eating the foods with those vitamins first and foremost. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I, I always tell people, you know, you hear 
podcasts and books and, and everyone talking about all these different supplements. Do not take supplements before getting all of your vitamins checked and, and checked. making sure right. that you Test talk. Zone, yes. 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 Zone, yes. Yeah. And to talk to your physician, I think they should always be aware of what you're taking supplements, no matter yeah. if people say, but it's just a supplement. Don't listen no, to your that, friend. <laughs> that's that's right. It's it it could be interacting with something else that you're taking that you don't realize. That's why your doctor needs to know. Yes, definitely. So your book is out in January, correct? Uh, book is out December twenty sixth. December twenty sixth. Okay, sixth of twenty twenty three. It's called Calm Your Mind with Food. Um, it's the one right here in the corner. And uh, thank you. And. Um, <laughs> It is really intended to be your guide to help you uh, work on your anxiety from the inside out, really how you're eating, how you're living to help calm your mind and to have some autonomy over the fact that you can do some of this on your own, maybe waiting to see a therapist or doctor, maybe you're just going on your own journey, um, but you're trying to help yourself while you may be waiting to do other things as well. And it's intended to be a comprehensive, integrated, and holistic plan where mindfulness, movement, yoga, um, meditation, exercise, all of these things play a very important part, even breath, even breath work. So it's, it's meant to be something that we can all use. Yes, definitely. Uh, so you talk about uh, a lot of things in this book, and I think it's very informative. It's a wealth of information that I think everyone Thank with you. anxiety needs to read. So for those that are listening, buy your book. They can pre-order, correct? Yes, it's available for pre-order right now uh, on my website at umanaidomd.com, where you'll actually, if you pre-order through my website, you'll get more stuff, uh, including my mini course and a few other things that will help you on your journey. The book comes out December 26th. So the actual book will ship to you on that date, but you have other resources you can use in the meantime, but you can also buy it from any um, retailer. It's available for pre-order right now. And I, I hope you'll check it out and uh, join the movement to help calm the mind. Yes, definitely. There's an anxiety pandemic. And I think that what you're doing is great. And we share our love for educating people and yeah. helping people with anxiety, which I love. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners? Um, I would love for people to just follow me and follow my work because we're growing uh, really our audience. We're growing our group and our tribe to be individuals. Something you asked at the beginning of this podcast, you know, not all doctors are doing this work and the only way to really try to change the narrative is to build a group of people who believe in this. So check me out on my website, umanaidomd.com, subscribe to my newsletter and hopefully maybe do uh, order the book ahead so that you have it in time for your new year, new, new uh, commitments for 2024. Yes. We all need this book in our lives, so order it. And again, I want to thank you. And I want to uh, just share something with you, uh, the, the listeners, how you share your struggles with anxiety, too, in this book. And I think that that's really important for people to understand that we know how it feels. That's right. That's right. Exactly. I, it's, it's a lived experience. It's not yes. just something I write about. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it shows when we go through it, we know and we we know what people want to hear. 
uh, mm -hmm. as far as what we went through and and mm -hmm. and what it's like. It's it's really hard for someone to understand anxiety when you've right. never been through it. Right. So true. Yeah. yeah. Well, so thank, thank you, you so much. Again. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Uma. And I look forward to seeing more books, hopefully in the future. Um, and thank you thank again you. for sharing your time with us. Thanks, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening. Find us on Instagram at The Anxiety Doctor and online at www.drlisacortez.com. Check back weekly for new episodes. Until next time.